in this first edition of Hoosology on Underdog Podcast. Matt and Justin are pumped for the beginning of the NBA season. After a short intro of our history, Matt and Justin give their three things they are excited for for the upcoming NBA season. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, please send those to hoosologypod at gmail.com and follow us on all the social media platforms. I am Justin Goodrum, joined by Matt Thomas. What's up, man? Justin, so excited to be here with you. Listeners, thank you for tuning into the show. Really excited to be here. Feels kind of weird to call it a debut because <laughs> we've been doing this podcast thing since 2012. Um, but really excited to be here. Just a little background on us for you guys. Justin and I have been best friends since middle school. We've talked about hoops and sports in general um, the entire time <laughs> that we've been friends. And one day decided to turn on a microphone and share our thoughts as well as now we get to talk to a lot of fascinating people from around the league so that's kind of what our show has been uh for the past several years um we you know like i said started in 2012 got really serious about the podcasting thing when we got back into the game in 2020 when the last dance documentary was released and have been going hard at it ever since and really excited to have a new audience and carry our our previous audience that is still our audience over um justin what did i miss in terms of our background here uh not so much uh, i think you pretty much covered it i think our goal not just to, to go on for so much because we got an nba season preview to get to but right. i think our goal is to make sure that we're bringing the, the beautiful game of basketball to you in terms of the behind the scenes. It's so fascinating because I think compared to other, you know, sports, you know, basketball, you just need a ball and a hoop. You don't even need, you can make your own hoop at home or whatever. Um, and I think it, it crossed <laughs> yeah. all through cultures, barriers. And I think um, that's our, our, one of our main goals is to make sure that we're bringing that to you with bringing just the best interviews with just the best journalists um, in the game from ESPN, SB Nation, uh, or to authors or to producers producing great documentaries as well. So uh, we want to make sure that we're bringing you the best content each and every week. Absolutely. So without further ado, we wanted to open up, you know, typically we have a guest on the show. Yes. Um, throughout the season, you can expect episodes with Justin and myself covering current events in the league whatever is is interesting that week or you know large um kind of thought pieces things like that we do from time to time you can also expect from us a lot of great interviews um so you'll get a mix of the two being on our podcast feed we appreciate your guys feedback you can um, also subscribe to us on youtube you can find us anywhere uh, that you're doing social media as well at hoopsology pod is our handle there. And then you can find Justin and me individually on there as well. Um, if you're interested, but let's not waste any more time. Our first episode here, we've got just over a week at the time of this recording left until the NBA regular season starts for the 2022, 23 season. So we thought it'd be a good idea to address three topics from each of us that we are excited for in this upcoming NBA season. And along the way, you know, there'll probably be little subtopics that get brought up that we're also excited for. So it'll probably be more than three things for each of us, but 
that's our goal for today to get through three topics we're excited about. So without further ado, Justin, I asked you to lead us off here. So why don't you go for it, dive in? What's the first thing that you're excited for in this upcoming NBA season? Yeah, I'll kick us off, and maybe it's my bias. Uh, originally lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, recently moved to uh, Denver, Colorado in 2021. And I think just being here and going to a few Nuggets game, games, excuse me, seeing um, the Joker, um, Nikolai Jokic, mm-hmm. just play in person. And Matt, you'll touch on this uh, later. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I think for me, the Nuggets when healthy, are one of the most dangerous teams in the league. And I know a lot of people, a lot of your pundits would probably push the Clippers on you, but I really think that the Denver Nuggets, when healthy, when at full strength, are one of the best teams in the league. That's defensively and offensively. And I think they're going to pose a lot of problems to a lot of the top teams within the Western Conference. And with Jamal Murray back, that's a huge deal. Now, at the recording of this podcast, I think he was dealing with a minor injury as well as the Joker, but I think that's just preseason, just keep it, you know, uh, precautionary measures. But overall, um, just taking a look at the Denver Nuggets, um, the Joker did sign a five-year contract extension to Supermax, uh, $264 million. Um, That's going to be interesting in terms of what pressure he feels from that, if that's going to be a factor or not. Um, last year, the Nuggets, they finished 48-34. and 34. They lost to the eventual champions, the Golden State Warriors, in the first round. Obviously, a very different team that we're going to be seeing on the court this year with the Nuggets compared to last year. So it's going to be fascinating to see how the Nuggets move on in terms of actually where they are as in terms of pressure, because Vegas, if you take a look at um, the odds here, and it shot me hearing this on another podcast, but they are, let me see if I can pull this up here. I had it here. They're at plus 2,200 in terms of the Vegas wow. odds. So to me, I mean, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd be putting down money on the Nuggets immediately, <laughs> like immediately. I mean, that is an incredible bet. I mean, I feel that they're a huge favorite to win the title. And for them to be kind of disrespected like that, I was shocked. I was like, man, they're a live dog easy um, in terms of winning the championship. So not much to add. I just think, you know, their consistency. I think you saw them in the bubble. I think you just see the Joker, Jamal Murray. I just seeing them play Chicago, even though the Bulls beat them last year in a you know regular season game that was meaningless. There are signs that, man, this team went fully loaded. They're going to be very, very dangerous. And I think their potential to kind of be a silent pick, because I know they're not the sexiest pick. I know the Lakers. I know people, despite what their trouble is, you're going to have people picking the Lakers to win the title, which I think is ridiculous. But just due to their players and everything going on, I think um, the Nuggets are can easily fall under the radar, even under the radar more than the Dallas Mavericks, um, just due to the Mavericks' success last season. So I really, really think that the Nuggets are a legitimate contender. Yeah, I think it's a great pick on your part, Justin. And a lot of people are kind of picking the Nuggets as sort of this sleeper team. It's it's a weird spot to be in, though, considering they have the two-time MVP, reigning MVP right now. Jokic, of course, he has a chance to be among rare company. And I think it is realistic if they are a top two seed, he's going to be in that MVP discussion You know, voter fatigue, yes, of course, that limits his chances, but he could be the first player, I believe, since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to three-peat as league MVP. Um, So 
very interesting to see what will happen there. I, I think uh, I agree with what you said there. So I don't, um, I'll go ahead and lead into our next topic here. Uh, my first thing that I'm excited about, which is, are the Memphis Grizzlies for real? So we're going to find out. And of course, I'm excited to watch John Morant play. I've got full league pass going for this year. So going to be catching a lot of Grizzlies games to see if they can repeat that success from last year. Now, let's let's be clear here. I, I think... I'm not expecting the Grizzlies to be a top two seed. I, I will be surprised if they repeat as a top two seed, but I think for them to be for real, you know, you got to be at least like fifth seed or higher. And I, I do definitely tend to favor them being for real. They're still very young. They're still very much a threat, but you know, big thing is going to be staying healthy. And I say that in spite of the Grizzlies being actually very successful while John Morant was hurt early in the season last year. Um, so no reason really for me to think that they aren't for real. It was just a, such a shock last year that I, I'm kind of waiting to see, like, was that for real? I'm kind of in, in this pinching myself moment <laughs> seeing are the Grizzlies for real? Can they really do that again, even with, you know, essentially John Morant now getting close to that household name status. And then a bunch of guys, I, I still couldn't name their starting five to you. If I'm being perfectly honest, um, even though there's a lot of talent on that team. So this will be the year where if, if they're at the top of the West again, you know, it's going to be a kind of remember the name type of moment for the Grizzlies. And I, I think a lot of this too comes down to, like the scheme of pressing for the offensive boards and how fast they run the court. Can they duplicate that again? And can they be a very successful uh, defensive and rebounding team again this year? So that's what I've got for my first pick thoughts on that, Justin. Yeah, no, um, I echo your sentiments. And I think with that, I mean, it kind of goes in as John Morani MVP candidate. I mean, if you take a look, mm. he really took a huge step forward and you know, we'll talk about some other topics later in terms of kind of the next superstars to, you know, take the mantle as the, the faces of the league. I think John Morant's included in that conversation. And mm -hmm. I think he's honestly a symbol of how the league is moving forward in terms of how it's younger fans consume content. He's very Instagrammable. <laughs> he, you know, he's perfect for yeah. TikTok. I mean, oh, he's yeah. just an instant highlight reel. And he, I just love his intensity. And to me, it's kind of like the next, kind of the next step above, like a Damian Lillard, who I respect so much. So really, I'm looking forward to, to see where he takes the Grizzlies. And you're right, man. I mean, really, it's kind of him and the rest of the Musketeers there. So I think it's going to be very fascinating <laughs> to see. You know where where it goes from here. Really, I think the whole NBA. It's great because, you know, despite you know the Warriors what they've gone through, despite like the other powers with the Brooklyn Nets and maybe the Celtics and the 76ers really don't have that. You know, top you know six teams, three in each conference, just you know dominating each year. It's kind of flip flack back and forth, so it's really competitive. So I think it's really going to be compelling to see, you know, if John Moran can really, you know, take the Grizzlies to that next level. Absolutely. Yep. Nothing to add to that. What's uh, your next item you're excited for? 
Oh boy. So I think <laughs> I don't know if I'm excited or I guess I I am. I'm, I'm fascinated more than excited, and, I, and that's the Brooklyn Nets um, <laughs> legacy here. I think there's so many storylines and if you're looking for kind of reality show drama, which I am here for, I watched the bachelor, you know, I've watched the real world. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for drama. So what, what can you do? But it's going to be fascinating to see how this team moves forward with all the superstars on it. Um, the nuggets, um, as we know last year, uh, excuse me, sorry, the Brooklyn Nets. I apologize. The nuggets on my mind. Um, <laughs> they clinched a spot in the play in tournament. Um, and after um, beating the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, they fell to the Boston Celtics, um, losing in a series 4-0. And we kind of know the drama in terms of Ben Simmons, you know, trying to return to form. Um, the drama with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, we don't need to rehash that. I've heard, I'm sure you guys heard all that drama <laughs> um, in the offseason podcast. Um, and, of course, there's more drama here, you know, in terms of, I guess, Steve Nash being booed at one of the um, practices um, that the Brooklyn Nets loves to do outdoors. Yep, to me, today. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Ben Simmons fits on his team and how Kevin Durant reacts to, to him. And we interviewed um, Jeremy Cohen of Nick's Film School, and you'll be hearing that in the coming weeks. And what popped to me in my mind when he was talking is I think it was a preseason game. And he said that Ben Simmons, I think Kevin Durant passed him the ball. Right. And Ben Simmons mm -hmm. passed it off. He had a wide, like wide open shots. He gave him up. Well, yeah. He was right? wanting Ben Simmons to post up. Yes. Um, uh, gosh, I can't remember who it was, but another point guard who was like sure. nine inches shorter than Ben. Simmons. Sure. And he passed it to him twice. And both times Ben Simmons yeah. passed it, passed the ball out of the post. And to me, along with what Jalen Rose said in terms of within the fourth quarter when there's going to be more defensive pressure on Kyrie Irving, more pressure on Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons has to be some kind of a shooting threat. And listening to his podcast on Old Man and in, in the Three with J.J. Redick, you know, I, I've, you know, Matt knows this. I've been the one to really kill Ben Simmons on multiple occasions. <laughs> but I'm really trying to be optimistic in terms of how he's going to fit with you know the rest of his teammates but i just think without a shooting threat i just think it's going to be very hard for uh durant and irving to have patience with this guy you know what these <laughs> these are two of canada most i don't know how you put it um i can't think of the term um they're no it's they're not like it's not bratty but it's kind of like um they just love to be covert with their drama online mm. and i just see you know memes and just burner accounts just happening dissing ben simmons <laughs> when there's a big game going on and that's my concern with this team happening here and that's why i don't think they're a worthy contender i think they're going to be in a conversation but I just think overall with just this this element, I just think there's going to be problems here. And we've seen it. I mean, the numbers don't lie. When Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are healthy, when they're playing together, they are almost unstoppable. But it's just a matter of this them being hurt. Just, hey, Kyrie doesn't want to play that day. It's just a lot of question marks with this team. And, uh, yes, I think this is do or die. I think my question to you, Matt, 
from a Kevin Durant perspective, if there's drama here and and I think for me, I, I'd be a lot more accepting if the Nets go to the finals and they, they lose to the Warriors um, in a compelling series. I don't think that really hurts Kevin Durant's legacy, but if they get bounced early, you know, if they get bounced in the first, second round, I think that's going to cause some significant damage. Am I overreacting here, do you think? Yeah, I, I think this is a fork in the road year for KD. Yeah. And I've been saying that since the offseason, um, since KD requested a trade in a situation that he created. And I know he can go on media day and downplay all this and say that he hasn't missed any games, which, yes, that's true. But look, you are the leader of this team. You form this team. And it's no, you know, no small thing here that KD requested a trade this offseason. And, and let me just say, let me just be blunt. I I try and be as objective to you, the listener, as possible. I, I try not to let my fanhood, my biases get in the way. So I will give you honest, objective opinions. But I want to say from the fan side of things, like my excitement with the Nets now, they, they've been an embarrassment the past two years with what was on paper and the product that we got, you know, we got 16 games of Kyrie, James Harden, uh, and Kevin Durant on the floor together, that initial season that those three came together. Um, embarrassing, embarrassing. Last year, chaos. Some of that league decisions and things like that, I actually in some ways have sympathy for Kyrie Irving for missing some of those games. I know that's not a popular opinion, but whatever, I'll say it. Um, in any case, last season also kind of an embarrassment overall. So my excitement with the Nets at this point is to, to see them fail and to blow this up because I kind of feel like as an NBA fan, um, it, it's been a huge letdown. I guess the best thing that we got out of the nets to this point was KD almost getting to the finals had it not been for his foot on the line on that two point long two point shot that he made that looked like a three pointer that was drama that was competitive and look I, I can't say anything against KD and Kyrie as competitors when they are in the game especially KD I mean we've seen him go out in the finals tearing an Achilles to play and uh, succeed in the finals. So look, this guy is the ultimate competitor on the court, but I think to get back to answering your question, this is a fork in the road year for him. And this may be the last chance. I know he's 34, but the injury history is there. This may be the last chance that KD has to win the title as a number one on a team. I know that may be hyperbole wow. as well, but I think that's a very real possibility that that's the case. Hmm. We'll see what happens. Um, hmm. You know, LeBron, we've been spoiled by LeBron being able to carry his performance into year 20 now. Th that doesn't happen. That's that's the anomaly. That's the exception, not the rule with these ultra talents. Um, so that's interesting. We'll see what happens. Hmm. Um Anything else on the Nets, Justin, before we, we move forward? Um, I would say, because I know we can get into a whole debate, so I'll keep this sure. brief. But <laughs> um, I will disagree with you. I don't think from a production standpoint, when he's on the floor, that 
I am ready to say that he's going to be on the decline, you know, after this season. I yeah, get what you're saying. He was with in that. the MVP talk last year. Correct. Yeah. And the way he plays, it's a very finesse game, which is not a diss. I know finesse has a bad connotation to it. I disagree. I think. Oh, it's glorious. He, I, I think his game is set to where he can play for a long period of time and be productive as a number one player and not have to be super physical um, as compared to LeBron, which sometimes he's going to have to take some more physical punishment. It's just the way he plays. So with Durant, I get where you're saying, but I just think, I think due to his game, I think he fits in on it with any team. I think he's just too efficient um, regarding that. But at the same time, I don't know really what he wants in his NBA career. He's had every scenario, and he's unhappy every time. So it's just like, I don't understand what he what does he want. You've been number one, wasn't happy. You've been with the dynasty, you weren't happy. You got your own team, you're not happy. You get, I mean, you picked the guys who won on your team. What, what else do you want? <laughs> I'm just at a loss for words. So, Yeah, yeah, and we've seen superstars have this unhappiness. You know, Jordan had that. That's true. Um, but it, it feels a lot different. Like, like it feels like, why are there so many distractions? Um, like, why can't we keep things wrapped up on this franchise? Uh, why are we calling out the ownership? Why, why is all this happening so publicly and um, not behind closed doors? You know, so a lot of questions on that. But yeah, let's move on because we <laughs> we want to get through our list here. The my uh, second pick here kind of ties into this, and I'm excited for the further ascension of Giannis Antetokounmpo, of course, of the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm looking for him to be the undeniable dominant top dog of the Eastern Conference. So we're in this point in the NBA right now, I'm sure you, the listener, have noticed where, you know, having LeBron on your team now isn't a guaranteed playoff spot. I mean, you know, 10 years ago is a guaranteed trip to the finals uh, through the 2010s. Pretty much every single year, LeBron is in the finals, leaving his mark impressively. Um, I want to see who are the next players that are going to come up. You know, eventually we think maybe Luca in the West is going to take that. Um, maybe not this year, but it seems to be coming with his talent level. And Giannis, of course, made the finals two years ago. I think there's a strong case to be made that with a healthy Chris Middleton, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, but with a healthy Chris Middleton, the Bucks get to the finals again last year. So if Giannis makes it to the finals again with the Bucks, that's two out of the last three years, and you're looking at this guy who I find to be very likable, who has stayed loyal to the Bucks, who has spoken highly of Chris Middleton, seems to love his teammates, seems to be grateful uh, to play in Milwaukee. And um, just, just for all that has happened and the hard work that he's put in and what has turned out um, as a result of that, looking forward to him being the face of our Eastern conference. And maybe we'll get to see him <laughs> be the player that shuts down the nets in the postseason. We'll see what happens. I, I think KD versus Giannis, of course, must watch TV as it was two years ago. Um, your thoughts on that, Justin? No, I feel you. Um, Giannis is very interesting because I think he's poised to break out in terms of being, 
one you know one of the faces of the league. I've always said this, and yeah. I know you know Stephen A. got a lot of heat for this, but I think it's true. Foreign athletes have trouble in America in terms of gaining traction here. It's just the truth. It's not it's not so much about speaking the language or anything. It's just you know look at the, the players in this country. You know in terms of being the the dominant athletes, it is. It's really hard to gain traction, and I think Giannis has done a phenomenal job of doing it. I mean, you know, he's, I'm biased because of the pro wrestling connection. You know, <laughs> he's appeared on WWE. He's appeared on AEW. I saw him dancing, I guess, with some Bollywood actor. He was dancing with them. Like, you just see him just do just kind of like weird – I think – there's one video of him just eating a bunch of Oreos. Like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. He just, he, it's just like he, he just seems like a really down-to-earth dude. He seems really cool. And I think that is something, again, we're, we're older. I think, you know, trying to understand, you know, younger viewers, how they consume the league. I think he, along with John Morant in a different way, he's tailor-made for that. And I think, you know, with his, his play, I think he, he's poised to really, really – um, be one of the faces of the league, if not already. I mean, he has a Disney Plus um, series with his two brothers, you know, profiling how, you know, they made their journey to the NBA. There's just a lot of intangibles that he has compared to his peers. And he also mentioned just, I think he had a press conference. Somebody asked him um, something about just working hard and just in terms of the greats. And you can see the passion in his voice. He really cares. And I know that's corny. I know, you, you know, you hear that for other players, but you can just see, you don't see really players be that genuine in terms of their passion for the game of basketball yeah. to a bunch of beat reporters. They maybe say it among their teammates or maybe in a podcast, but never, you know, in terms of just a beat reporter on a daily basis. He wants it. I mean, he is really driven to be one of the greats ever. And I think that will translate into his game and him evolving. I mean, and that's something hopefully that other players coming into the league and something, and I know we haven't really talked about him, but some, I think somebody that could really learn um, a lot from Giannis is Zion Williamson. Like mm-hmm. here's, you know, you take a look at Giannis, very skinny coming to the league, um, somewhat heralded, but really evolved his game, really took a lot of criticism and, he, you know, it turned into a champion. And so I think Zion, if he could follow that playbook, you know, good things are on a horizon for him. So I think with Giannis, I think I absolutely believe, I agree with you, Matt. I think good things are on a horizon for him. And that's going to be a formidable force with the Milwaukee Bucks for sure, as long as he stays healthy with Chris Middleton for sure. I agree with you. Yeah, and of course it seems the biggest threat now who's kind of right around, well, a few years younger, but around the same age, like within that prime window is Jason Tatum of the yeah. Celtics and no doubt they're going to be a threat they're going to be exciting Agreed. this year too in spite of the Kochidoka suspension and, and all that mm-hmm. um, so yeah I'm with you and, and I'll plug the YouTube channel um, we have uh, an interview with Mirin Fader who wrote the Giannis book so check that out on our YouTube channel go subscribe and, and check out our NBA authors playlist she talks a lot about this um, struggle with Giannis yeah. breaking into the league. So uh, just quick plug for our channel, but let's move forward. And I know um, we each have one more topic left. So Justin, what's uh, your last topic you're excited for? Yeah, this is a little bit unorthodox, but I, you know, I love sports media. I love just seeing kind of the landscape of how the league is covered. And I think that's what I'm excited for is just to see where the league is headed in terms of its coverage. And 
this season is going to be a little different. Um, ESPN kind of switching up in terms of who's covering the league. Um, TNT almost got a shakeup with the whole um, Charles Barkley live fiasco. Um, so Charles Barkley <laughs> decided just to stay with Turner Sports. Um, and I think overall, so it's going to be interesting to see where the league goes. And I think you've seen a lot of other outlets kind of take the playbook of inside the NBA and apply it to their own platform. So I think ESPN's been somewhat, you know, rocky about that. And I think we've seen other podcasts start to take form. And then we've seen also Showtime Sports, which you brought to my attention, Matt, in terms of um, their podcast and then Rachel Nichols joining their team as well. We'll see what they're up to. But I think it's going to be very fascinating to see uh, where the league goes with their coverage because basically um, after 2024, 2025, um, the league is looking for a massive um, new deal. And this was first reported last March with Jabari Young um, of CNBC basically reporting that the league – they're seeking for about $75 billion, <laughs> which is pretty insane. So it's up from their current deal, $24 billion. So, wow. I mean, if you take a look at it, not to mention you have other networks. So, you know, you're going to have your Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS. But now you have all these streaming deals in play as well. So I think it's going to be very fascinating to see where the league goes in terms of its ratings, which players catch on, and really – I think it's a little bit antiquated in terms of television ratings. I think you have to take a look at social media buzz in terms of, you know, tweets, TikTok, Instagram. That's a factor now. I think for a lot of older people, they get so tied up into, oh, well, the finals had lower ratings. Well, what about the traction online? And I think that's a factor. People are just consuming media in a different way. And I think as us being millennials, that's something that ourselves and the older generation we have to really pay attention to how younger people are consuming the league in terms of going to games i mean we see plenty of young kids i mean we saw that going to summer league you and you and i matt um, a few years ago before that i went with my brother they're seeing so many young kids just love the nba they play 2k it's just different they consume the league in a totally different way than you and i matt in just terms of just traditionally picking teams and just rooting for them it's just very different in terms of that but about Bottom line is that the league makes money at the end of the day. I mean, you know, whether it's a league pass subscription or it's, you know, playing NBA 2K or it's, you know, buying tickets or, you know, you know, getting, you know, NBA top shot. There's different ways of consuming the league and it's, it's an evolving platform every single year. So that's what I am looking out for as well. It may be something that uh, a lot of the NBA fans may not care about, but, you know, I think it's really fascinating to see, you know, the league just evolve in terms of how it presents its product to its fans. Yeah. And I mean, if, if they hit that $75 billion, right. <laughs> Yeah. I imagine where the salary cap is going to go. Oh, it's it's going to be insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, people on long-term deal, players on long-term deals right now are going to be so angry with themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine considering like a $30 million or $40 million contract, like a steal, like yeah. a high-value contract. Yeah. Um, unheard of, obviously. Yeah. Let me ask you this. It's, it's kind of a silly question, but yeah. I, I do mean it seriously. Is ESPN's coverage going to be good this year? In-game coverage, like halftime shows. Are we still going to have the, like, you know, everyone talks for 30 seconds. There's no real discussion. 
but everyone talks for 30 seconds and then you go right to commercial break and that's your halftime show. The way they do their show, it, it sucks. Like I don't, and it just rip off TNT. Like Please take away, TNT. take away like the personalities, the way TNT does it. Usually they'll go to halftime and they'll break down what's going on. Kenny will do the highlights and then that's it. Like is they go to commercial and then maybe they'll come back for a short thing and then they're they're back into the second half. So I don't understand why they just don't do that with with ESPN. Um, I like Jalen Rose. I I think with Stephen A. Smith, despite my reservations and my criticism, I think his forte is basketball. So I like him. Um, I like Wilbon. I like Kendrick Perkins. I'm just taking a look at it. I think Malika is a good kind of traffic cop. Richard Jefferson's okay. Um, I like Shanae. I think she's awesome. I Let think, me say, uh, I don't have a problem with the the on air talent. I, I, I have a problem with the format. The for yeah, the format. Just the way they do coverage sucks. Um, yeah. I think it's just always been just just a struggle. Um, and honestly, to me, just I would kind of go more the casual route, kind of like with Jalen and Jacoby. I've always been kind of a proponent of that. This gets more casual because I think they're kind of getting more serious. And I just think you just kind of have to, you know, basketball is more, I think, I don't know, I might get some heat for saying this, but I just think it's more of a kind of laid back casual game compared to the NFL. I think the NFL is more life and death and just blood and guts and just, you know, analyzing decisions. Yeah. yeah. It's just more tactical. Basketball is not like that. It's just, just have fun. And I just think. You see that with inside the NBA, they're having fun out there. If the and game sucks, creative, just yeah, like basketball. <laughs> yeah, and you see them; they are creative. Like some things work, some things don't. And I think with ESPN, I think it's just they try to be a little bit more um, tactical and have a little bit more of a journalist journalism ethics part of it. And I think certainly when there's serious stories, that's where I think the journalism should come into play. That's where really important. At the same time, I do feel, you know, when there's a great highlight or something, I think we've seen that with NBA Today, just noticing with their show, I think they've done a little bit of a better job with that. And I think with Shanae there and with Jalen and with Stephen A., I think there's a little bit more of a fun atmosphere. I think they should keep that. I think when it gets too serious, I think that's where problems arise. I think you're right, Matt. Um, just focusing on the format is going to really be the the catalyst of whether or not ESPN coverage is good or not. So I think you're, you're on the money. Right on. Well, let's go ahead and move to our last topic here, my last topic. And – Look, you guys, full disclosure, I, I'm a Houston Rockets fan, <laughs> so I kind of have to be excited about the rookies. But did you guys see that draft? I mean, there's a lot of compelling rookies from this draft class, so I think it's fair for me to go ahead and say that I am excited about the rookies, even in spite of, um, you know, Jabari Smith Jr. looked great against the Spurs in preseason. I know he didn't look great in summer league the whole time, but man, that jump shot looked pretty in the preseason. Um, so of course, yes, he, his fit with my favorite rocket Alperin Shangun in, <laughs> in the front court, they're going to be really dynamic, creative, and it seems like they complement each other. Well, Tari Eason could be the steal of the draft. He is also a rocket six foot eight wing getting, perhaps unfairly, perhaps over-exaggerated, but I'm still hyped to hear it, getting Kawhi Leonard comparisons. <laughs> um, but we also have like several questions. Now, 
have to say it's unfortunate. You know, Chet Holmgren broke his foot on LeBron James in the offseason, unfortunately. But he's going to be exciting when he comes back, maybe in the spring, or maybe they're just going to wait until next year, I would guess, with Wemby and Scoot (laughs) being Mm -hmm. at play here. He's probably not coming back until next year. But even without Chet, we've got Paolo Banquero, who's pictured there if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and he's going to be a beast for the Magic. Already looks that way, looking from both Summer League and the preseason. Uh, we also have a lot of questions that are going to be answered. Like I think Jaden Ivey is a really fascinating point guard. Um, his fit in Detroit uh, alongside Cade Cunningham is going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting as well because... As you recall, Justin, the Sacramento Kings passed on him and went for Keegan Murray, who's a power forward, basically uh, signing off on um, Fox being their starting point guard of the foreseeable future, which was a little bit controversial. So how's Keegan Murray going to play? Is he going to, you know, get um, maybe that bad taste out of people's mouths for a potential draft mistake? Is he, is he going to write the projected wrong is Jaden Ivey going to be awesome in Detroit. Is he going to make Kings fans jealous? And also uh, Shaden sharp in Portland, I think is really fascinating too. might not get a lot of minutes early on. Uh, but if Portland goes into more of like a tank mode, like if things don't start out very well there uh, he's going to get some more burn. And I think he's a little bit raw coming into the league. He didn't play in college, but um, he, will be fascinating to see uh, could be an incredible offensive talent for the Portland trailblazers. Are there any rookies I didn't list here that you're excited about as well, Justin? Um, I think you covered it. I think it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how this rookie class this adapts to kind of a new paradigm. I mean, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, this is kind of the first season where it's kind of back to normal as in terms of a NBA schedule. I mean, your previous rookie class had to deal with just some weird circumstances just in True. terms of the schedule yeah. and COVID. Um, there are still COVID protocols, but, you know, the, the, the season's still, I mean, we're hitting the beginning and, and end uh, without any kind of weird extracurricular. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this rookie class does compare to previous ones as well. Um, as in terms of NBA players, um, in terms of the rookie class, I don't know. This, maybe I'm wrong, but this really, this class is not really doing it for me. It kind of bummed me out that Chet got hurt. I mean, that was just mm-hmm. kind of a, a little bit of buzzkill. Um, Paulo, I think, is probably the the rookie um, that I'm excited about. Paulo Banchero um, with the Magic, I mean, paired with their young core. I think that's something that really I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, but other than that, I think what I am trying to see is when we hit the all-star mark, you know, that's in February, kind of which ones are kind of catching their stride? Because I think we've seen in the years past where somebody has a really hot November, everybody gets on the hype train, and then it comes, you know, we're looking at January, and then they just have a cold streak, and people are just thinking they're trash. So um, I think by February, I think we'll have a good line to see, you know, which rookie is, you know, becoming the most dominant and who will be in who'll be the favorite to win rookie of the year. So um, 
probably Apollo's the rookie where I'm kind of looking at the most. Um, Keegan Murray as well with the Sacramento Kings. But really, other than that, um, I think you covered it pretty well, Matt, in terms of what's really going to happen. Um, and, it, of course, Dylan Terry, too, you know, out of Arizona uh, with Chicago. So that's going to be very interesting to see where, you know, what the Bulls, how they use him as well. So, Absolutely. You excited about the Bulls, Justin? You haven't mentioned the Bulls yet. I so Ladies I and was, gentlemen, Justin Goodrum, Bulls fan. I, yes, for life, <laughs> uh, sign and blood yes. contract forever, uh, no matter what. Um, I'm excited for Chicago. I think – I never thought I would hear me say this, but <laughs> Lonzo Ball getting hurt, I think that's kind of really bummed me out and just in terms of where this team yeah. can do. Um, despite yeah. – and I think that's an example, too, of – you know we talked about Ben Simmons earlier. Lonzo Ball, he's not, he's, he's not like a superstar player, but what he can bring is such a massive um, skill set and really a huge difference. So – We'll see what Alex Conruso can do. I know he's been coming off the bench, but he was really a huge asset for them. And Love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. I mean, to me, if he gets some starter minutes, you know, he could be a huge factor for this team. I think DeMar DeRozan, I heard him on J.J. Reddick's podcast. I just here's his perspective and him being with Chicago, playing with Zach Levine. I mean, he's, he wasn't going to even play for the Bulls if it wasn't for Zach. You know, Zach signed the extension, and that's what made DeMar want to go to Chicago. So I think he's really enthusiastic. I think this team just has a different feel to him. I think they'll be middle of the pack, I think fifth, sixth seed-ish. Um, I think they'll win a first round, and then, you know, they'll probably get bounced by a power team. But um, I think they still have weaknesses defensively and in the paint. I mean, that's just something that this, you know, they got, um, what's his name, Andre Drummond. I mean, you sent, you sent me that tweet about him hitting the three. So hopefully, <laughs> I mean, it's cool if you hit threes and all, but as long as he's in the paint, I think addressing that weakness that they had, um, you know, that might be a game changer. But again, just with you, you, whenever they play Milwaukee, they get destroyed by Giannis. It's just he's killing them. And as well mm-hmm. as Philadelphia, they just get destroyed <laughs> just in the middle. They have no one that just to, it just, despite Vucevic being there, I, they just get demolished inside. So that's the answer to your question, Matt, I would say fifth, sixth seed, but to, to ask you, Matt, real quickly, Houston Rockets optimistic. I know they have a younger core or are you seeing just some bigger steps being taken or do you see them kind of them tanking for this, I guess, mega draft that's coming up in 2023. So here's the thing. I, I see them, they've basically tanked by way of the roster moves that they've made. Sure. Um, I, I do think, look, the Rockets were a frustrating but fun team to watch last year. Very athletic, very fast. I, I really enjoyed watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, the the over-under for this team was set at 23 and a half wins. I did pick the over on that. But I, I think they're just barely inching by that, like maybe 24, 25 wins, just because I do think Jalen Green's improvements have been legit. And, and I think, um, you know, he, he may someday, maybe not this year, uh, maybe next year, be like in that most improved player award uh, category, potentially. I, I think you're going to see a good year from him. Uh, I think there's a lot of talent on this team, but it's so young you know, a good portion of this team and guys that are going to be starters, a lot of 20 year olds, uh, a lot of guys like just barely, barely 
getting their start in their basketball career. So just based on that, yeah, I mean, if you told me this team wins 18 games, it wouldn't shock me. I do think they're going to catch some people off guard. Um, and I do think that they're going to be trying harder than other teams that may be intentionally trying to tank, um, looking at you, Indiana Pacers, uh, <laughs> for example. So, um, but, you know, this was a team that I believe had a worse record than the OKC Thunder last year. And that was a pretty rough watch, that OKC Thunder team last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, excitement level yeah i mean i'm excited to watch in terms of development but i don't have any hopes or delusions of grandeur of like getting into a play-in tournament game or something (laughs) like that so i i do think they'll be in the mix for um wemby and scoot or or maybe at least like the third pick in the draft kind of like they got this last year um so you know, just being realistic, I, I think that's where the Rockets are right now. Um, and I am excited. I've, I love watching Shangun play. I want to see how Jabari Smith Jr. fits next to him. I do think Jabari Smith Jr. legitimately could be in that rookie of the year run, and he should be if he's starting. Uh, we'll see how many shots he gets. Uh, that's going to be part of what um, determines that. So there's my quick, you know, Rockets <laughs> outlook. Um want to give a shout out to some of you who gave feedback uh, regarding what you're excited for this season. Uh, We can't list them all, but wanted to mention uh, our friend of the show, Josh, you can follow him. I believe it's at real Josh C on Twitter. Uh, He's been a guest on our show in the past. Great guy. Um, He echoes your excitement, Justin, about the Denver Nuggets. Um, He says that we haven't gotten to see Jokic play with, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., and Jamal Murray for essentially two years. I think that's a very valid point, like we discussed earlier. So, yes, we are all pro Nuggets on this podcast. We are excited for the Nuggets and Jokic and what he can do with maybe some more legitimate weapons around him this season. Uh, Another one that I think kind of sums up the, you know, the um, white pill, hopeful good state of the nba right now is this by our friend kyle russell also former guest on the show he has a great podcast on the miami heat if you're looking to um get uh, updates on heat coverage make sure you follow him at kyle underscore b underscore russell kyle russell he says quote all the potential contenders there are in the nba we could go four to six deep in each conference it's going to be a great year for parity in the league and hopefully compelling playoff series well said, Kyle. I've, yeah. I don't think I could say it better uh, myself. It, it's going to be a very, very competitive year of basketball and really excited to cover it with you, Justin. Again, an, yet another sure. NBA season, us together, um, through and through, covering it all with you guys. Yeah. Um, Justin, anything else before we peace out here? No, that's it. If you have um, any questions, comments, if you want to debate us or you want to just um, – have your voices heard send us an email at hoopsologypod at gmail.com um our dms are open as well so just type in hoopsology podcast um on twitter we're available on facebook tiktok instagram um just hit us up and it will address your questions and comments as well absolutely for justin goodrum i'm matt thomas plenty more content coming for you guys all season long keep tuned in here we appreciate you take care and peace out See you later.